Are you ready for an open discussion with the best of the best and the best of what's next? Welcome to the Tony D'Urso Show. Join in on a great conversation today with some of the world's great influencers as they showcase great advice and techniques that made them the game changers they are today. Now, here's Tony D'Urso. Welcome. Thanks for hanging out with us today. We're going to chat with a gentleman who's at the top of his category that I call an elite entrepreneur. We're going to speak with the king of schmooze, Cody Lowry. And later in this episode, we have an insider's brief about inflation. It's a growing worry for just about everybody. And we have something that may help you on this. Now, we're all here listening to the show because we want to grow our business. That's a given. And we want to impress our colleagues, clients, and prospects. That's a given. Now, we all use statistics and a whole lot of public relations and media tools and events to do this. But one thing, we may not all keep in mind is that we need more than a write-up in a magazine. We need something more than just a digital graphic or a picture. We got to show ourselves. We got to be there. We got to communicate. We got to get our message across in a nice and friendly way, don't we? I know most of you will agree to that. So we're going to talk about helping to impress others that we need to impress. That's what we call schmooze. Do you want to learn how to communicate like a pro? Listen up and stay tuned. And while we're at it, this is all about helping you and your friends turn your vision into reality. Meet Cody Lowry. He's an advertising agency owner for 30 years. He's also an on-air and voice talent for three decades as well. Talk about schmooze. He set up a meeting with the President of the United States in one week. He got a baseball signed by the Pope. He carried the torch in the Olympic torch relay. He was even gifted a Super Bowl ring. How about that? And list goes on. I'm going to let him tell you about that and so much more. Let's bring him on. Hi, Cody. Welcome to the Tony D'Urso Show. Hello, Tony. I am delighted to be with you, coming to you from Tampa Bay, home of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I've lived there before. It's a beautiful country, beautiful skies in, in the daytime and in the evening. I've never seen a sky in my life turn so many different colors. And you have to be there in Tampa to understand what I say. It's absolutely beautiful. And aside from speaking about Tampa, we're all here looking forward to learning about how to use schmooze to help our business grow. So let's kind of take it from the top. Let me start off. I wrote a book that uh, hopefully your viewers can see in, in the background. It's called Schmooze, What They Should Teach at Harvard Business School. And schmooze comes from the Yiddish word schmooze, which means to chat idly in a friendly or persuasive manner so as to gain advantage. I have redefined the word schmooze. And, and really, first and foremost, Tony, it's about being genuine. And I think people that will read the book um, will come away with just that. You mentioned some, some things that have happened in my life, some incredible things that I give all the credit to schmoozing. And they happen not because I was Eddie Haskell and was trying to impress somebody, but because maybe I reached out to them when they needed it. Maybe I mentored to them. Uh, maybe I, uh, maybe they're one of the people that uh, I built relationships. And incidentally, we have clients on the books that we've had for over 30 years. And hopefully uh, a little later in the show, I'll be able to talk about uh, the secret sauce. It's all about building relationships and uh, getting the customer to trust you and never letting them down. So, but the, the book is about, um, the sizzle of the book is all those things that you talk about, but it's really about it's about a winning smile. It's about making a great first impression. Uh, it is about building relationships. It's about learning how to communicate 
like a pro. And, and uh, in one of the books, I, I talk about schmoozing from the podium. And I think it's so important for a lot of uh, your new entrepreneurs out there to be able to get up in front of people and know how to make a presentation. And, you know, Warren Buffett, when he started out in business, he was scared to death to get up in front of people. So I, I address that in the book. Um, Odie, let's introduce your, you just a little bit more to the audience. They see the book and they're familiar with, we're going to talk about Shamu's. Right. I just kind of want to get the, a uh, little bit more of the warm and fuzzy, maybe it, from a different point of view, just a little bit more of your backstory and kind of how you got into it. Yeah. Well, I've got a very, very interesting backstory as you refer to it. You know, most people, Tony, you know, they, they've got a good rags to, to riches story, but mine is kind of a riches to rags story. My, my uh, mother was raised with the Blue Bloods in Detroit. Uh, she was, uh, her grandfather was, the, or her father was the first uh, president of Wayne State University. Uh, he was superintendent of schools in Detroit for 30 years. There's a high school there named after him. And, and so she had a pretty cushy upbringing. And um, then she met my father and it was still pretty cushy because he came from a pretty good background, a furniture company out of Chicago. And they met as camp counselors at Camp Chicopee in, uh, in Northern Michigan. So they got, they got married and they had this beautiful uh, wedding. And about two years later, my dad with, uh, you know, what inheritance he had, he decided to come to South Florida and make his fortune. And unfortunately, that did not happen. Both my mother and father got very fond of the bottle. And uh, within a seven-year period, in a seven-mile radius, we actually moved 30 two times. I can remember coming home from school with my little brother one day, Tony, and we didn't live there anymore. There were locks on the doors. I can remember uh, actually uh, moving on Christmas day. And uh, I can remember like it was yesterday, Tony, my mom is all upset. What about the Christmas tree? What about the Christmas tree? And my dad ran into the house. And the last thing we took on the back of a, he threw on the back of a pickup truck, was our Christmas tree, you know, with the ornaments and lights and, and tinsel. I don't know if you remember tinsel, but I do. So my dad left. And then my mom, when, when I was around nine years old, she had to go to work for the first time in her life. She never had, had a job. She went to a finishing school, Arlington Hall in, in Washington, D.C. And uh, it was, um, you know, it really didn't prepare her for life. It prepared her for, you know, maybe the social world. So I, I, I really admire her and, and, and what she did, Tony, because she had four kids to raise. And, you know, she went out and she became a hostess at a restaurant. She was a classified ad girl. And, and I can remember um, her sitting there sometimes after she'd have a few cocktails when she got home. And she'd say, you know, you kids may not have anything. She says, but you've got blue blood running. I didn't even know what blue blood was, right? You've got blue blood running through your veins and you can do anything you want and be anything you want to be. And, and it's funny, we, we all started working at an early age. And I mean, we had the Gantt shirts and the Weijin shoes and we hung out with the, you know, the doctor's kids and the lawyer's kids. And, and when you look at my backstory, I sold papers at age 11 and I learned some life lessons there that I'd like to share with your audience today that, um, really prepared me for um, a lot of things that have happened in my life. Yeah, I used to sell, um, I, got, I got a job at age 11 selling newspapers for the Miami News. And the Miami News was like the third ranked paper in South Florida. 
you had the Miami Herald, you had the Fort Lauderdale News, then you had the Miami News. And we lived in Fort Lauderdale. And my beat for selling papers was the Sunrise Shopping Center. And every day after school, I would, I would run over there and I'd get my 15 papers and, and I'd start hawking my papers. So one of the first things I learned was no doesn't necessarily mean no. So if Tony came walking by in a huff and a puff and I said, paper, sir, paper, sir. And if you ignored me, which I, I hate today when people ignore me uh, and you just kept walking by, I'd say, sir. Would you buy a paper if I told you where you got your shoes, what state you were born in, how many birthdays you've had? Well, for a nickel, most people would buy. They'd turn around, they'd look, and I'd say, you got your shoes on your feet, you were born in the state of infancy, and you've only had one birthday the day you were born. So it was a good laugh and a nickel, you know, nobody got hurt. So some other lessons I learned. Saturdays, they used to give me 30 papers. And I took great pride in selling those 30 papers. And I'd get there in the morning about nine o'clock and about, you know, five o'clock, six o'clock, I would, I would head to the house. And, and it wasn't just selling papers. I, ha I had a lot of fun with my customers along the way. But um, I, got to, I got to the uh, paper stand and the managers is, uh, got 50 papers for me to sell that Saturday. And um, I knew that that wasn't possible. And I told him that it wasn't possible. And, you know, he gave me the Newt Rotney speech. Oh, come on, kid, you can do it. Blah, blah, blah. And next thing I know, I'm, I've got this goal. I've got to sell 50 papers today. I got to tell you that day, Tony, I walked and I talked to more people. I actually talked to several people twice. I was selling the Miami News, the Blue Street Edition, and nobody gave a damn if it was the Blue Street Edition. Nobody wanted the Miami News. So it was about, it was, it was getting close to six o'clock. I was getting tired. I had 12 papers left. And um, I decided that I would uh, go across the street to a Jewish delicatessen called Wolfie's. And um, they, um, it, it, was a, it was a booming place. And uh, I'd go over there and sell my 12 papers. So I'm walking across the street and I almost can't believe what I'm, what I'm seeing. There is a man selling the early edition of the Sunday Miami Herald. And he's got the Herald stacked up to the, the awning. Now, I must tell you that the Miami Herald at the time, and perhaps today, was bigger than the New York Times. It was about two inches thick, and it was like 50 cents at the time. And, you know, my paper was the late edition of the Blue Street Miami News was a nickel. So, you know, if I had been a little smarter, I probably would have uh, not decided not to sell papers in front of Wolfie's. This guy couldn't give them away fast enough. He didn't have to say a word. But I, what I did is I, I decided to give it the old uh, college try. And um, I started hawking the Miami news and everybody that came out of the restaurant got an enthusiastic Miami news, Miami news, Blue Street edition. Well, I couldn't get people to look at me twice, you know? So I was just about ready to hang it up. And a guy comes blowing out of the, the restaurant and he, he goes almost running. And I go, Miami news, sir. And he ignores me. Remember, I don't like to be ignored. So I go running after him. Sir, would you buy a paper if I told you where you got your shoes, what states you were born in, how many birthdays you've had? Tony, he turned around so abruptly, I thought he was going to hit me. And then he looked down at me and he said, son, how many papers do you have left? And I said, sir, I have 12 papers. He said, that's exactly how many I want. And then I want you 
to go home. So I learned, obviously, uh, noted, meet, no. I learned all about persistence and, and staying in the game. But I also learned something that stayed with me my whole life. And I'm, um, I'm happy to share with you later how, how my kids have taken on this characteristic. But one moment for a station identification here. Okay. We're speaking with the king of schmooze, Cody Lowry, and you can find him at mrschmooze.com. And I'm going to spell that. That's M-R for Mr. M-R. Schmooze is S-C-H-M-O-O-Z-E.com. Mrschmooze.com. This is the Tony D'Urso Show, where you can learn from the wisdom and success of others to help you move on your vision path. Just ahead, the chat continues with the king of schmooze, Cody Laurie. But first, it's time for us to take a short break. See you back here in just a moment. BAMS! Are you accepting credit cards in your business? Of course you are, and if you're not, then you definitely should be. But did you know that Stripe is not your only or best option for payment processing? Get paid well with BAMS. BAMS is a national payment solution provider with automated next-day deposits and major savings when compared directly to Stripe, PayPal, and Square. BAMS provides competitive pricing and deposits directly into your bank account in as little as 12 hours. Visit BAMS.com slash paywell for a limited time and get a $50 Visa gift card after completing your rate analysis to see how much you can save. Visit BAMS.com slash paywell today to start saving. And that's B-A-M-S dot com slash P-A-Y-W-E-L-L. You're listening to The Tony D'Urso Show with special VIP guests. Now, back to Tony and his guest. All right, we're back on The Tony D'Urso Show, where you can learn from the wisdom and success of others to help you move on your vision path. Today's show is with the king of schmooze, Cody Laurie. You know, one of the things that I'm hearing from a lot of you on feedback is that you'd like to go deeper on some topics, whether it's with my guests and their techniques or with their strategies or how to build your vision to get to where you want to go. Some of you want to go a little bit deeper sometimes. So I'm thinking about creating a membership site for you, but I want to hear from you. Is this what you want? What more would you like from me? Would you like more knowledge on their techniques or anything like that? Send me a note on Twitter at Tony D-U-R-S-O or email me at info at Tony D-U-R-S-O and stay tuned for news on how this develops. And now back to the chat with Cody. Cody, this is an amazing story you're talking about. You just sold 12 papers and you gave the guy your schmooze. I still want to find out how you learned that schmooze was effective, but I know you're going there. I'm going to give it back to you. You sold your 12 papers. What happened then? Yeah, so the the uh, the, the uh, lessons that I learned there, I mean, they're lessons for life. And one, uh, and it's it's throughout the book, schmooze, and, and that's reaching out to the less fortunate. You know, as, as I said, my, my kids have taken on this characteristic. They're involved in all kinds of charities, and, and I'm very proud of that. But schmooze is... Uh, again, it, it is about being genuine. And uh, when I was uh, building my career, you know, I did uh, things that, you know, people would say, wow, setting up a meeting with the president of the United States in one week? Are you kidding? And, you know, it was done. I, I'm there in the book. People will read about 
how I got a baseball signed by the Pope. I had people laughing at me, thought that was the craziest thing. And I didn't know he played baseball. What I'd like to know is how to communicate like a pro. I'm looking at some of the chapters of your book. There's, there's some amazing stuff here. One of the things that caught me as well as I'm sure catches everybody's attention in the audience, we all want to communicate like a pro. What does that mean? And how do we do that? And what's different perhaps from how we're doing it? Well, I think first and now. foremost, I could, I could probably, uh, you know, go back to my original thought, you know, it's, it's about being genuine and authentic and real and, and not trying to give anybody the, the razzle dazzle. And, and I can tell you that it is, is a, uh, it's something that has uh, served me and uh, contrary to the connotation that most people hear about schmooze, it, it works. Uh, you know, when I talk about the secret sauce and building relationships, and we've got clients on the books that we've had for 31 years. And, and when, when you look at the, the different elements of that, building the relationship, getting the client to trust you, and then never letting them down, uh, a lot of that answers your question. When you talk about building the relationship, you know, so most people think, well, it's going to take me a month, two months, three months. People start making a value judgment about you in the first 45 seconds that they meet you. And they they're making a decision on whether they, you know, want to do business with you or whether they like you. I can tell you that in meetings that I've had over the years and still have, if I'm going in to see some, you know, big CEO or whoever the decision maker is, I probably know more about that guy than, 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 than he can believe. I know what college he went to. I know, I know the clubs he belongs to. I, I know uh, the, you know, how many kids he has and, and so I always did my homework when I went in to see a, a client, and um, especially if they were a decision maker, and, and it served me very well. I mean, I, uh, it gave me an opportunity to get uh, on common ground with these people. Oh, you went to the University of Florida. My daughter went to the University of Florida. And all of a sudden, it takes on you know, a whole new conversation, and these people really start to get to know you. And I can tell you there was one time we're making that first impression, got me a multi-million dollar account. I was in Florida at the time advertising, as you, as you mentioned earlier, and I had a call from a Toyota dealer. He um, invited me to the Grove Park Inn to come up and have dinner with the Toyota dealers, uh, You know, get a chance to meet him. And I had done business with this gentleman when he was in Florida. He was with a Chevrolet dealership at the time. And, and so I took him up on it. And up I went to the Grove Park Inn and I got there a little late, but I walked in, they were having a cocktail party and, and I can work a room pretty good. And you talk about how to communicate uh, like a pro, what you want to do is you, you want to, you want to meet and greet, but you're still gathering information. And my, my whole thought process in, in that particular uh, setting was to, you know, come away, build some relationships and, you know, maybe down the road, I would do business with these people. So we go on and we, we, we were at dinner and one of the dealers looks at me and he said, Cody, who did you bring with you? And I thought that was an odd question. Uh, I said, what do you mean? Who did I bring with me? And uh, he went on to say, Tony, that they were having an advertising pitch in the morning and there were four agencies that were making presentations and my agency was one of them. I almost dropped dead. I couldn't even believe it. You know, one of the things that the gentleman left out about, you know, the Toyota dealers are, you know, getting together. He never mentioned an advertising presentation. So I've got a choice here. I can either 
run home in the morning with my tail between my legs and say, you know what? I didn't know there was a, you know, going to be a presentation. It's a multi-million dollar piece of business. The, the uh, company that has it now, uh, if I mention their name, they're a multi-billion dollar agency. But I could have, I could have gone home with my tail between my legs. And, and then I started thinking about it, you know, when I was up at my room and um, no, I didn't know the market, but I knew our media strategy and I could share that. And I didn't have any creative forum, but, but I knew our creative strategy. And I just had done I, what I did have with me is what we call a sizzle reel. It's our, you know, bing, bang, wow reel. And that was as good as anybody that was coming. And so I decided rather than uh, calling the, 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 the dealer and telling him that I was heading to Florida and I didn't know it was an advertising pitch, I decided to stay there and do as uh, best I could. So Tony, when you're in an advertising pitch, you either want to be first up or you want to be last up. And I was last up. When I got there in the morning, the other agencies are there and the, the, each agency has at least four people. They got storyboards, they're all in their, you know, double-breasted suits and, uh, you know, they got parting gifts for the dealers. The dealers like parting gifts. And so they had those kinds of things. And uh, so I was the last agency. They had the first agency come second, third, and now they, they invite me in. And I walk in the room, and this is why it's so important to build that relationship quickly. Cody, hey, how you doing, man? That was fun last night. I enjoyed, you know, and now they're, I'm, I'm like one of them. I'm part of the team, right? I had an opportunity that uh, my competition didn't have. I had an opportunity to build relationships quickly, and it worked. Uh, and I say it worked. I got up there and I was up there probably for about 35 minutes, you know, and I just, I gave it my all and um, I left. And one thing about dealers is it doesn't take them long to make a decision. And about an hour later, they came, a gentleman by the name, I'll mention his name. Maybe he'll, he'll hear Joe Bertolami, Italian guy. Oh, molto bene. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you know, so he comes out and he uh, comes and he gets me, you know, they want to see you, Cody, you know. So I go into the room, he closes the door, they all stand up and they applaud. Wow. And I got that account and I credit, how do you communicate like a pro? By building relationships and building them quickly. And again, I'll fall back on being genuine. Cody, as part of your building relationships, it seems like it to me, not just schmooze, which can have a little bit of a bad connotation. We've talked about it, find it a little bit at the beginning, but you're a people person. You get right in there. It's almost like an Italian. You get in personal, you chat. You're all about making friends and, and getting to know people as opposed to selling or doing what I consider the American thing is just start selling. You know, you, you know some of our Italian secrets. You're in there just getting to know people, which I think is really the key to it. Yeah, if, if people like you, you're going a whole long way in, in, in getting the business. The other two parts of that, build the relationship, is getting the client to trust you. And I can tell you that over the years, our agency has screwed up like anybody else. Wrong media, wrong creative, wrong, you name it, and we've done it. And, and I've, I've been through this scenario many times where uh, AE will come in or somebody in media or what have you, and they're scared to death you know what? We screwed up. What do we do? What do we do? Here's what we do, kids. Here's what we do, gang. We tell them the truth. You know, we're only human. We made a mistake and we're not going to, we're not going to try to sugarcoat it. And, you know, there are no white lies. And, and I got to tell you when, when the client 
trust you, when he really, truly trusts you, they are yours for life. And um, the, the third uh, pedal to that is never let them down. And, and I know that's a tall order and maybe it should be endeavor never to let them down because some people you can never please. But, but I can tell you that to this day, Tony, I still have people that will call me on the weekend, crazy hours, and, and they'll call. And now, you know, we can look down at our phones and go, am I going to answer this? Well, you know, for a lot of people, I'm their blankie and they've got a reason for calling me. It may not even be business, but it's important to them. So it's important to me. So I'm always, always there. And even for the, even for the ones that, you know, maybe I really don't want to talk to, I talk to them. Um, and I think that has served me well. And I, and I think it will, will serve your listeners well if they can just remember those three things, build the relationship, get the client to trust you, and then endeavor to never, ever let them down. Cody, getting the client to trust you takes work sometimes because there's a lot of people out there. And unfortunately, there's a lot of people out there. They just want to take money. There's the group that just wants to take money and the group that wants to take money and deliver something honest as best as possible. And you really have to work, I believe, to show who you are and which side you're on. Any tips on that? Yeah, well, I can tell you, I've had an, I had an experience like that. There were, I was pitching a, a big regional jewelry chain, and uh, we had to fly off to Timbuktu and, and make a presentation. And I had done the creative. And th this guy uh, that I was with was pretty much um, the person you're talking about. We got in there, we pitched a creative, he loved the creative and all right, what's, what's this creative going to cost me? I'm thinking, you know, let's build relationships. Let's get on board. Let's live to see another day. And, and, you know, instead of having this client for a Christmas celebration, let's have him for, you know, life. And uh, so I quoted him off the cuff, some pricing, and it was thousands upon thousands of dollars less than what you know, uh, this other gentleman thought it should have been. And, and the reason that he was even there, it was his lead. He knew the CEO or whatever. And um, we got in the biggest argument coming back. And, and, and yeah, there's a lot of people out there. It's all about the money. And you know what? If you, if you follow your heart and you follow your passion, the money's going to be there. The money shouldn't be uh, first and foremost with any uh, undertaking. I like that a lot because I think that's how it has to be is the relationship first and the money just follows, especially if you can show that you can produce a good product and service. That's really refreshing. Now, should we really teach this in schools? Because they've got a whole different paradigm and model and everything else going on. Well, you know, Nito Quibane, my, my good friend, president of High Point University and wrote the foreword to, to Schmooze. He said, today we live in the most connected society in the history of the world, and yet we're, we're more disconnected than ever before. And he's absolutely right. If you look at, uh, you know, you look at our younger generation, you look at the, the, the highest uh, percentage of, of people that are taking their lives are in that 18 to 22 uh, group. And, and um, I, th I think that our, our younger generation, they're missing the you know, the, the social skills that we had to learn growing up. And they're, they've got their head buried in a computer or an iPhone uh, most of the time. So, you know, schmooze is, is, it's all about hearkening back to the days when we looked people in the eye, we greeted them with a smile, our, our word was our bond, and, and our relevancy wasn't based on our, you know, social life, how many likes and looks we get. 
This is the Tony D'Urso Show, where you can learn from the wisdom and success of others to help you move on your vision path. Just ahead, the chat continues with the king of schmooze, Cody Laurie. But first, it's time for us to take a short break. See you back here in just a moment. Hey guys, as entrepreneurs, we all have products and services which we provide through our businesses. Sometimes we take a pot shot when we launch our products and we're unsure of how they're really going to do in the market. Now, wouldn't it be nice to gather intel on how well our products would do in the market before we make all that investment and go through multiple trial and error? How would you like to learn and have access to how the Fortune 500 companies achieve this? Well, let me introduce you to the secret. It's called Feedback Loop. What they do is they help you get quality feedback from your target consumers early and often. How would you like an audience of at least 100 people in your specific target market giving you feedback on all the things like product ideas, messages, concepts, and more? Is that amazing or what? Feedback Loop is the test-before-you-invest product research platform. They have expert templates for concept testing, user discovery, prioritizing features on your roadmap, and a whole lot more. You know you can create your own test in minutes and get back quality insights from your target consumers in hours, not days. Super valuable all by itself. And how would you like to get three full tests for free? Just go to go.feedbackloop.com Tony. And that's it. It's trusted by innovators as their preferred source for user discovery, concept testing, comparison testing, and a whole lot more. If you want your next product or feature to be a hit, Test before you invest. Build based on data, not opinion. And launch with confidence with Feedback Loop. And I'll spell that. G-O dot F-E-E-D-B-A-C-K-L-O-O-P dot com slash T-O-N-Y. To give you that edge and assurance of success, I urge you to use Feedback Loop for your next project. You're listening to The Tony D'Urso Show with special VIP guests. Now, back to Tony and his guest. All right, we're back on The Tony D'Urso Show, where you can learn from the wisdom and success of others to help you move on your vision path. Today's show is with the king of schmooze, Cody Laurie. Hey, check out my Elite Entrepreneur interviews on Apple Podcasts, or you can find everything back to day one at TonyDurso.com slash podcast. And now back to the chat with Cody. Yeah, I, I, I think uh, today more than ever before, it should be taught in not just Harvard, uh, but every, uh, every other college for that matter. Cody, being in advertising is tough. I've been in lead generation and marketing. I had my own lead generation marketing company for a while. It's a tough business, fierce competition. To have made it and have done it successfully for three decades is a feat in itself. But I got to ask you, I'm certain you didn't even have to answer the question. I just know that there was probably a time where you were just going to throw in the towel and said, it's over. I'm done. I'm out of here. And yet you continued and you made it through. So I want to talk about the most significant turning point in your career. Yeah, and I, that, that, that's an easy um, answer for me, Tony, because early on, you know, I opened up my own advertising shop. And it was called Creative Communique. My uh, office was all of about 500 square feet. It was me and, you know, um, Gal Friday, if you will. And um, 
somehow I got the attention of a great big ad guy in town. And I, I, I can't, I'm not going to mention the name of the ages, but it was huge. And one of the people at the TV station said, you know, you ought to meet Joe. And um, uh, he's looking for somebody like you. So Joe got with me and uh, he took me over to his, his offices. And it was like three stories down underneath was was a production company, which at the time nobody had except him. Then you'd walk up the stairs into the, you know, the formal area where people came in and, and then you'd walk through the spiral staircase up to the, you know, the, where the, the big conference room was and the executive offices. And I mean, I went, wow, this is really something. Well, he was, he was schmoozing me and he wanted me to uh, come to work for him. And I, I had this entrepreneurial blood running through my veins you know, and uh, at the time, and um, I, I, I didn't want to work for him. And so about two weeks later, he, he decided that what he would do is engage me in a conversation where we would start a new company together. And we did that. And I, it, it's much too, too long a story to tell the, everything here. But, you know, what was a turning point for me getting with this guy, having him you know, bury us to the tune of about $400,000. And uh, he was, I was the sales guy and he was, you know, he was doing the books and, you know, the stuff behind the scenes. He was also, you know, building a home in the islands and doing all kinds of stuff. And, you know, he, he would show me a statement and had work in progress. Well, at the time, I didn't know what work in progress. And, you know, that's work that you're, you know, that's, that's in progress that you're supposedly quote unquote going to get paid for it someday down the road, right? Well, that never happened. And I can remember him uh, actually exiting the office when I confronted him and, and his uh, accountant. And I'm sitting there, I don't know where I'm at. And, you know, I call in the accountants and they let me know that, uh, you know, you're, you're behind the eight ball. And um, then I called my attorneys and I said, oh, well, I'll tell you what you do, Cody. What we'll do is we'll file bankruptcy and then we'll start under a new name. And I looked at him, I said, are you crazy? Why would I do that? Now, $400,000 doesn't sound like so much today, but back in the, in the 80s, that was a lot of money. And 400,000 to dig, you know, dig yourself out of that hole was, was, was gonna be tough and, and I knew it. And um, you know, I let him know in no uncertain terms that that's not what I wanted to do and that's not what I was gonna do. So. I mean, the next day I went and saw all the most of most of the the money, with the exception of I don't know, maybe 150 was owed to the bank. Um, I went to all the the TV stations and I met with the general manager and I explained what was happening, and um, they all gave me credit and time to pay it off, and I did. And it's uh, I, I think it's one of my prouder moments in business because I could have given up right then, and you know how easy would that have been to yeah, let's let's just bankruptcy, you know, file bankruptcy and we'll call it fat chance advertising. You know, we'll we'll be there in the morning. And and so, uh, yeah, that was a that was a time that I uh, I remember and, and fondly, um, I can tell you the way it turned out. Cody, that's very admirable. As we talked about just a little bit, we alluded to, you know, there's let's call it a school of thought or group of people just go for the money, any kind, just get the money, make the money. Well, making money is nice. How do you successfully balance your work and your life and keep everything going? Well, I've never been asked that question before, but I can tell you that 
it's it's kind of easy for me because my uh, my best friends and my wife's best friends are also our clients. So they all kind of, you know, kind of meshes together, one big happy family. And, uh, you know, we, we travel together, we go out to dinner together. We, uh, uh, with that said, I have, uh, I have, you know, several, uh, friends outside of, of, of my, my business realm, but for the most part, I mean, my best friends are, uh, in media or their, their client. So it's, it's kind of easy for me. I've got to ask, what's the best schmoozing you've ever done? I think the best schmoozing, and you know what? In the front of the book, I talk about setting up a meeting with the President of the United States, getting a baseball signed by the Pope, being uh, the recipient of a Super Bowl ring from one of NFL's Hall of Fame coaches, carrying the torch in the Olympics. One thing that isn't part of the sizzle is something that's in the book. And wherever I go, I just was on an... um, in Scottsdale doing a, doing a talk and, and uh, everybody wanted to know about Saturday night live. That is one heck of a story about persistence earlier in, in my career. I did stand up comedy. And uh, when I started out, you know, at when I, when I was starting out, you know, they, you really didn't work comedy clubs. You got an honorarium or you didn't, and you kind of had to learn your craft by, you know, going into, different comedy clubs if they'd have you and, and just, you know, getting up and, and doing a set or two. So my wife and I had decided that we were going to move to Las Vegas. We had, uh, we spent a lot of time thinking about this and I was getting started. I was getting some gigs and what have you. And I, I told my wife, you know, we've been to Las Vegas and we talked to a top comedian out there that was actually opening shows for, you know, some pretty big name stars. But I said, I got to go to New York and and really kind of see what that's all about. So I took off for New York. I didn't have a lot of money. I stayed at the YMCA by the United Nations, which is, you know, not the Four Seasons. And um, I, um, I started hitting the street. I went to Catch a Rising Star and um, the improv and, and uh, wanted to see what that was all about. The, the audience, uh, frankly, uh, they seemed a little too hip for me, but... Uh, one night I went to uh, Saturday Night Live, not Saturday Night Live, Catch a Rising Star. And, you know, I told the guy who I was from, from Tampa, Florida. And, you know, he put me on the list. And uh, I actually uh, played at the hottest comedy club in the world at the time. And, and really, I hadn't paid my dues yet, you know, to be real honest with myself. But I got out there and, you know, I made it happen. So the next day, I think, well, I got a couple of days here. I'm in New York. I know, I know. I'll audition for Saturday Night Live while I'm here. It's like, <laughs> I know. I'll get a haircut tomorrow. I, you know, I mean, to just to, for that to come to my head. And the number one for me to actually believe that I could make that happen, you know, and I did believe it. And uh, so I started to make it happen. And I called, I called the uh, the show, and I uh, asked who was in charge of talent. His name was John Head. Uh, an English chap and nice gentleman, believe it or not, Tony, they put me right through to this guy. And uh, Mr. Head, my name is Cody Lowry and I'm from Tampa, Florida. And I really want to audition for the show. I'm only up here a couple of days more. And um, I said, I think I got something that you like. And uh, he said, "Uh, tell me more. And I said, well, I said, uh, Jimmy Carter uh, is, is running for president. 
and I do a great Jimmy Carter. My name is Jimmy Carter. Always tell the truth. If I tell a lie, I grow another tooth. And um, so anyway, I get his attention, right? He said, Cody, give me a call tomorrow and yada, yada, yada. So I called him tomorrow. And now, you know, reality starts to set in. Uh, I'm, I'm sorry, Mr. Head is not available. I'm sorry, Mr. Head is at lunch. I'm sorry, Mr. Head is with somebody right now. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. And now it's driving me nuts, right? So that night, I'm thinking, well, you know what? And this is before the advent of cell phones. People had a home phone and most of us were listed. And I said, well, maybe he's listed. So I call him up or I find him in the, in the book, call the information, I get him. And I call the number. It must be six o'clock, seven o'clock. He answers the phone. I recognized his voice. And I said, Mr. Head, this is Cody Lowry. And there is a pause on the other end of that phone. He goes, you are amazing. And uh, I said, well, I'm only in town. Hey, listen, come by tomorrow. And he gave me a time to come by. And <laughs> now I'm thinking I'm going to audition for Saturday night live. Wow. Next day, I, I uh, get to Rockefeller Center and I'm going up the elevator and I'm starting to get nervous for the first time in my life, right? I mean, I'm really nervous. My mouth is getting all, you know, cotton mouth and what have you. But I got to tell you something, Tony, that, that elevator opened and I started looking at the, the pictures on the wall, Bellucci and Radner and so on and so forth. And all of a sudden, I felt a calmness like, this is where I belong. And I went, up to the, I went up to the receptionist and I said, Cody Lowry here for Mr. Head. And she said, yes, he's expecting you. And she ushered me off to a room. It wasn't really a stage. There was like a platform and um, I was waiting around. He came in, just a nice, nice gentleman. And, and um, he said, well, get up there and show me what you got. So one of the, my, my surefire pitches at the time was a, was a fast sell on vasectomy. I'd done it in college and then I, done it at, uh, with some younger groups, uh, you know, when I was performing and, um, it was a fast selling vasectomy. Are you tired of using those same old contraceptive measures? You know, the ones that are so tiresome, burdensome, usually carry with it some degree of risk. What's a frustrating couple to do. Why not do what so many Americans are doing and turn to that one sure way to rid yourself of those pesty little creatures. Vasectomy, friends, yes, vasectomy. The least expensive, most reliable form of birth control is now available to you in this do-it-yourself kit for only $14.95. And I won't get into the vast deference and everything, but it was always a winner, right? This is the Tony D'Urso Show, where you can learn from the wisdom and success of others to help you move on your vision path. Just ahead, the chat continues with the king of schmooze, Cody Laurie. But first, it's time for us to take a short break. See you back here in just a moment. Hey guys, it's spring and you know what that means? Spring cleaning. Out with the old, in with the new. And let me tell you some new stuff that I got. Tommy John's hammock pouch underwear. It's the best thing since the invention of the wheel. Now when you're wearing Tommy John's hammock pouch underwear, you're going to be so much more comfortable and you can really do everything better. With dozens of innovations, once you've tried them, you're never going to go back. Some of the innovations are an air mesh interior hammock, moisture wicking fabric with four times the stretch of competing brands and the legs never ride up. It comes with a non-rolling waistband for the perfect fit. And that's why Tommy John's just doesn't have customers. They have fanatics, fanatics that call Tommy John's hammock pouch 
one of life's greatest inventions. Now with over 17 million pairs sold, men across America love their Tommy John underwear. You know, I wear Tommy John's almost exclusively. No more of those other underwear that say to wear them every day. When you try them, then you'll know. So try it and then you'll know. And I have to say there's no constant adjusting and it keeps the personals nicely in place. When you try them, you're going to become a fanatic too. And lastly, shipping and returns are free because every pair is backed by Tommy John's best pair you'll ever wear or it's free, guarantee. It's Tommy John's anniversary month, so whether you're trying them for the first time or a longtime fan, get 25% off site-wide right now at TommyJohn.com D-U-R-S-O. Go to TommyJohn.com D-U-R-S-O today for 25% off. TommyJohn.com D-U-R-S-O. See site for details. And that's T-O-M-M-Y-J-O-H-N.com D-U-R-S-O. You need to get yours now and become a fanatic. You're listening to the Tony D'Erso Show with special VIP guests. Now, back to Tony and his guest. All right, we're back on the Tony D'Erso Show where you can learn from the wisdom and success of others to help you move on your vision path. Today's show is with the king of schmooze, Cody Laurie. Say, if you podcast, let's get you more engagement on your episodes with thousands of visitors checking out your content. Go to TonyDURSO.com slash grow and let's see how we can help you. That's TonyDURSO.com slash G-R-O-W. And now back to the chat with Cody. And then I did my Jimmy Carter and he loved it. And he said, Cody, hold it right there. I'm going to have some other people come in and look at the Jimmy Carter. So they came in and there wasn't a formal introduction, but I sat there and I did my, my name is Jimmy Carter. I always tell the truth. If I would tell, I go know the truth. Now, a lot of people think I'm prejudiced. Come from the South. I want the American people to understand one thing right now of my four children, two of them are black, you know? So, and they laughed and uh, Mr. Head was, uh, you know, he wasn't rolling in the floor, but I could tell he liked me. And, you know, I was probably schmoozing him a little bit at the time. And the last thing he said to me, and I haven't seen him since, he said, listen, I'm going to catch you around town. I visit a lot of the clubs and see what's happening. If this guy becomes president, you know, let's talk or something to that effect. <laughs> so I went back to Florida and I never pursued comedy again. And people ask me on many, many occasions, they still ask me today, do you ever regret not take, you know, going to Las Vegas? And if they will look in the front of my book, there is a picture of me with my 11 grandchildren. And I can tell you that being the headliner at Caesar's Palace doesn't come close. Fascinating story. Absolutely love it. I'm just laughing. I'm just holding it in. Just, it's so funny. Once again, we spoke with the king of schmooze, Cody Laurie, and you can find him at mrschmooze.com. Mr. Schmooze, I just want to thank you so much for sharing and regaling us with your stories and anecdotes. And inside, to the audience, inside this is a lot, or is it the word R, grammatically speaking? Inside are a lot of lessons, more than one. That's more than one. Things to learn. Play this again. There's great stuff here that really is helpful. I, I, there's some definite nuggets here, and you're just going to love it. So I just want to say thank you so much for giving us all this great wisdom today. We really appreciate it. Thank you, Tony. Time went by quickly. It did. Thank you very much. And here's an insider's brief about inflation. 
It affects everyone. It's a growing worry for Americans across the country, especially since or with the events of the last couple of years. Many people are putting off expenses like dental work, home repairs, and I know that this can be you as well. This affects you. More than two-thirds of U.S. consumers have, have run into these problems due to inflation. Well, we're going to discuss some of the latest data and why consumers are open to a buy-now-pay-later model. With us, we have Laura Adams. She's the author and host of The Money Girl Podcast. She's going to tell us a whole lot more about this topic, and hopefully there's some good insights for you. Hi, Laura. Welcome to the show. Tony, thank you so much. It's great to be with you. The honor and the pleasure is mine. And you know, Laura, we hear of this term inflation. We hear about it all the time. It's not anything new. And we've all run into our, let's call it our issues over the past couple of years. It's been taxing. It's been quite a trial. How big is a, of a concern is this now? What's, what's new? What's different about it? Yeah, it really is a concern. Um, you know, we're seeing inflation rates at 40-year highs. So for many people, they've never experienced inflation. They, you know, don't even really know what it is. So this is something that's affecting a lot of consumers. Uh, a recent survey from Sunbit that was conducted by the Harris Poll found that 81% of Americans feel financially squeezed right now by inflation. That's a lot of Americans. So we know people are hurting. And in fact, 79% said they're planning on cutting back on the wants in their life. But what's more concerning to me is that 67% say they're delaying necessary purchases. So that's going to the dentist, going to the doctor, getting the car fixed, getting things at home fixed. Those types of necessary purchases are getting delayed due to inflation. That's interesting that holding off the dentist is considered one of those things that aren't important or critical to survival, whereas you would think that it is. You know, there's food, there's gas in the vehicles, there are things that we got to have. But what's making, aside from the fact that, well, a lot of businesses, should I say a lot, huge amount of businesses over the past couple of years, they've gone out of business, they've tanked. Is that what's driving inflation right now? Or are there other matters or, or factors in this that you may be aware of? There's a lot going on that is affecting inflation, not only monetary supply, but we're also looking at supply chain shortages that are making construction supplies short, other things going on in the economy that you know are just not there, housing shortage. There's a lot that's influencing inflation right now. And so, you know, I think the good news is that maybe it's not going to last forever. I think, you know, we might be looking at higher prices here, maybe this year into next year. But I do think when supply chain shortages sort of ease out and things get back to normal, we're going to see prices come back down. So hopefully this is a temporary issue for consumers. But, you know, I think the most uh, important message for consumers is you need to be wise about your spending, cut back where you can, live within your means, and be very thoughtful about credit. So for instance, right now, interest rates are rising. That means carrying a credit card balance from month to month is only going to get more expensive. You know, that's kind of the bad news with rising interest rates. Maybe you get a little bit more on your savings in the bank, maybe just a little bit more, but it's more affecting us on the borrowing side. So that's something that consumers really do need to watch out for. And what we're offering at Sunbit is an opportunity for consumers to look at a buy now, pay later option when they do have necessary purchases that they need to make. 
like that dentist visit, getting new eyeglasses, maybe taking a pet to the vet. That's what Sunbit specializes in. We're available in 13,000, really more than 13,000 locations in the United States. So that gives consumers an option to finance a necessary purchase with a very low interest rate and flexibility, making it a really good option when you need to finance life's, I would say, necessary purchases that really matter most to you. Now we have another layer on top of that, Laura. We're on my show. We're entrepreneurs. We're small business owners. We're known as risk takers. We'll pull out that credit card and go, I just know that if I buy this and that, my people can turn this into this and I can sell it for that. This is how a lot of us have sustained our business. We sometimes go out on a limb, sometimes not. We do take those risks. We, we work and do anything we can to sustain what we have. And we're not used to holding back to a degree. What kind of advice, what should we do? I mean, it's, it's a really peculiar time. Entrepreneurs are not making it as, uh, and I mean, overall, like 80% of new businesses fail. And that's a, that's a really rough number. I think it's around 80%. Gosh, 85% of new podcasts fail. I mean, there's just a huge failure rate in a lot of this. We're looking for any tips, advice, guidance. What could you say to our entrepreneurs and business owners? Yeah, so right now, definitely cutting unnecessary expenses. It's kind of the same with personal finances, cutting back those business expenses that you really don't need. Looking at your debt as well. You know, if you, you are carrying some credit card debt, how can you tackle it in a smart way? My recommendation is always looking at highest interest rate to lowest interest rate, kind of going in that order that can give you a nice uh, debt payoff plan. The reason I like that strategy is it saves you the most interest so that you can take that savings and put it toward your balance, allowing you to pay off that credit card even faster. So yeah, if you've racked up some debt in your business or even in your personal life, this is the time to really scrutinize it Make sure that you are not getting further into debt, but you're tackling what you have in a smart, efficient way. Uh, I think that's a smart lesson, not only for individuals, but for business owners as well. Yes, it, I, it is. And I do agree with that. And you mentioned the buy now, pay later model. And, and when you just think about it for a second, it's like, wait, haven't we been doing that all this time with credit cards? Is there something new? something else that we should consider about it? Yeah. So buy now, pay later is a little bit different depending on the company. But with Sunbit, they offer a financing option that's available for necessary purchases that allows flexibility. So let's say you're in a dentist office and they offer Sunbit. You can apply. You're going to get an instant approval or denial. 90% of applicants do get approved. And it gives you the opportunity to pay off that bill over time at a lower interest rate with no fees, you know, no late fees, no penalties, making it a more affordable option. So I would encourage folks to look at what your buying options are. You know, putting something on a high rate credit card may not be the best move right now, especially as I mentioned, as, as interest rates are creeping up, carrying debt on a credit card gets more and more expensive. So I think that. There's nothing wrong with using credit when you need it. It's not a great idea to put a vacation or a luxury item you know, on credit or any buy now, pay later model. But if you need to finance a necessary purchase, like getting the car repaired so you can get back to work or take the dog to the vet, those sorts of you know, really important life purchases, if you can put it on a smart financing option like Sunbit, not only will you save money, 
but you're going to structure that purchase in a way that you have an end date. You know when you will have that paid off and it's not going to be a balance that stays on your credit card indefinitely. This is a very interesting option, Lauren. I'm just starting to think with this. I go to the vet. Usually when I take my dog to the vet, $500, maybe 1000 So you're saying with, with Sunbit, I could apply and get that aid so that I don't have to come out of pocket right now, but make smaller payments. That's exactly right. That is exactly right. So it is something that a lot of people struggle with. They may not have money in the bank right now to make a big purchase. We all have unexpected expenses that, that creep up. And in a lot of cases, delaying going to the doctor, delaying you know, getting dental work done, it really hurts you because in the end, you're just delaying something that you need to address anyway. You know, It may impact your health long-term. It can certainly affect your quality of life. So you know, instead of delaying those necessary purchases, I would encourage folks to look at wise financing options. In the survey that Sumbit did, 69% said that they are interested in using a buy now, pay later option for these types of necessary purchases. But a lot of people don't know that the option exists. So I think the first key is to be aware that you do have options, evaluate them carefully. You might even want to go to sunbit.com and look at the providers that have Sunbit as an option that may influence you know, where you want to go to get your car repaired or perhaps the vet that you want to use if you know that you've got that, uh, that financing option at that particular provider. I like that. Not that I'm in particular need or not need. Either way, I'm just kind of uh, neutral on this. I need new brakes on my Jeep and I need my rotors turned. And by the time I'm all done with all the stuff, that's probably $1,000 too. And something's very interesting for something like that. I'm just saying this to throw, out, I, to throw out ideas for our audience and so forth. But I've got to ask, and I don't want to put you in a spot or a corner, but are the, are the interest rates for something like that, are they good? Are they decent? They are low. And so what you are going to find is that it, it will depend on the purchase that you're getting approved for. It's going to depend on your situation, the actual rate that you get approved for. Um, but it's going to be much lower than using a double-digit interest rate credit card to finance a purchase um, that could end up costing you double or triple the original purchase, depending on how long it takes you to pay that credit card off. So we do need to really be very cautious about making charges right now in a rising interest rate environment, knowing that those purchases are only going to get more costly to, to pay off. To my audience, what she just said, it's so true when you use the credit card, you know this, it seems to take forever. And I think it's done on purpose, of course. If you, if you make the minimum payments on the credit card, it's going to take so long to pay that, yeah, you're going to wind up paying for that item two or three times its cost factor. I really like this about Sunbit. And you mentioned their website. Is that where we're going to find out more information about this? Absolutely. Sunbit.com. It's S-U-N-B-I-T. Dot com. You can learn a lot more and find out a little bit more about maybe a better option to pay for necessary purchases. Laura, this has been very insightful. I want to thank you so much. Hopefully this helps our entrepreneurs in the audience get a little bit because if I have to decide whether I need the cash money now to buy something for my business as opposed to, oh, I've got expenses, I've got to get the glasses for the kids or whatever it could be, this may be another way for us to step up a little bit and, and get ahead because we need everything we can. So I want to thank you so much for telling us all about that. 
Tony, thank you so much. It's been a pleasure. Hey, thanks for hanging out with me while I featured an elite entrepreneur who took his vision to reality. We talked with the king of schmooze, Cody Laurie. What an insightful, exciting, fun, wonderful communication. We talked about so many things about communicating, how to communicate like a pro. We talked about building relationships that last, gave us some of his secret sauce. We talked about the power of persistence. You can just see it. It just exudes in his persona and his communication and his story. We talked about how to really schmooze your way to a better life. It's not just having the client one time. It's having that relationship for life. And yes, this should be taught in colleges. Tell me, what resonated the most with you? I really appreciate you listening. I look forward to hearing from you. Please give us your feedback. And also, I know I ask this periodically, please uh, consider supporting the show with a nice review on Apple Podcasts. If you have any access to an Apple device, you'll find it right there or just ask me and I'll show you how to do it. And also, most important of all, please share this with a few friends and help them too, okay? Let's use this and let's help you move on your journey to success. Thanks. Remember, just take action. Success awaits those who persevere and remain steadfast despite the odds. Sow good seeds, do good deeds, and join me on the next episode of The Tony D'Urso Show. We hope you've enjoyed this week's edition of the Tony D'Urso Show with his key influencers. Be sure to tune in again next Friday at 5 p.m. Eastern Time, 2 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel.